This is the Rich Eisen Show. Jokic for a triple. Money! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Kick out three, Murray. Good! Nothing but net. They would high five across my face. <laughs> my wife's going to have better seats for game five. Terrell Davis. <laughs> I hope that's the play. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Coming up, Golf Channel analyst Randall Chambly. 20-year NBA veteran Jamal Crawford. Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf. Actor Harold Perrineau. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes, everybody. It is time for hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show. Brandel Chambly of Golf Channel came on. What a talk about the merger between Liv and the PGA Tour that we had in hour number one. In hour number three, DK Metcalf of, Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks will be on this program. And uh, the actor Harold Perrineau from back in the day. Uh, on Lost and Oz, and now of From on MGM Plus, currently in season two. He will be joining us here in studio. Uh, hour number two, we've got uh, my top five list of where Dalvin Cook should wind up. Uh, well, a little what's more likely coming up on this program. By the way, everybody thinks Dalvin oh, yeah. Cook is going to wind up with the Dolphins. Wait till you hear Mike McDaniel's response to being asked that question directly today. It is on paper, I haven't heard it. On paper, oh. laugh out loud, hilarious. Oh, let me find it. Made me laugh out loud. Don't don't Should look I wait. It up. No, no wait. Wait, I want your natural reaction, sir. As you know, we're genuine here in this program. <laughs> we are. Joining us here to talk about Game Three in the NBA Finals and the NBA Finals and the NBA World writ large, uh, fellow Michigan Wolverine, the eighth overall pick of the 2000 NBA Draft, 21-year veteran. 21-season veteran, 20-year veteran, and three-time sixth man of the year, Jamal Crawford from the world of Turner Sports, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Jamal? I'm great. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing great. How did you wind up at Michigan, Jamal? How did that happen back in the day? The five had me in eighth grade, so I think Michigan had before (laughs) they knew it. I wanted to go there for so long, and I was the kid who was like, three, two, one, if I make this shot, I'm going to Michigan. And it would go in. I'm like, how is this, is this really going to happen? So when I went there on my visit, they already had me. And once they promised me Jalen Rose's locker, it was a done deal. They would <laughs> wow. So hold on a second. That was promised to you? You, you get Jalen Rose's locker if you come here? That happened? Yes. Yes. They knew how much I loved Jalen. And they said, this is the locker you used to have. I said, is it? They say, if you come, you can have that locker. I said, oh, it's over with. That's it. I'm signing that. So that was the, that was the seal the deal moment for me. So they, they had you at hello with their play and their swag and their, you know, shorts and the way that they were dominant, um, but sealed the deal with the actual locker is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Barclays and the ball heads and just all that swagger. And then when the locker came, I said, okay, I don't need to see anything else. This is it for me. All right, Jamal Crawford here. And you're doing just so well in media. It's great to see how how – terrific you're doing i love listening to you i love watching you so uh, i'm thrilled to have you on as my guest here today after an nba finals game is there a comparison for Jokic in your estimation jamal yeah if you put like a gumbo mix of three or four of the best players ever together let's put some magic let's throw a little bit of bird in there throw some dirk and let's end it with tim duncan and you mix that up and you get the joker he's he's something different rich because a guy that's not trying to score is averaging over 30 points. Like, <laughs> scoring doesn't excite him. It really doesn't. If he can get 10 points and 15 rebounds and 20 assists, that's like his perfect game for him. He's playing for perfection basketball every single time out. And it's, it's, some people are willing passers. 
some people get a joy to pass. It makes him truly happy to his soul to see his guys successful, and that's why he's so different than everybody else. And and that's why, you know, putting him at the top of the three-point arc uh, with the basketball in his hand, I mean, Michael Malone must just, you know, get the knife and fork ready and stick the stick the napkin into his button-down shirt, man. I mean, like, he, he so many options with him because of that, Jamal. Yes, and he's playing chess. Like, he's really two or three steps ahead of everybody else. Think about this. The guys I said, with the exception of Magic, of those other three, they're thinking score first, attack, then draw the help, draw the t- double team. I'll make the play out of that. He's working a totally different way, and that's why he's so unique. He's working in the way of, let me get these guys going. And then when I score, oh, I'll fall into 30 points even though I don't want to score. Brother, it doesn't make me happy. But I'll do that too, and I'll just pick you guys apart. And he's laughing. He's happy. They asked him last night how it felt to be the first player in history to have that kind of stat line in the finals. And he was like, oh, whatever. Like, we won. That's all that matters to him. And what I'm hoping is that these two teams in particular are helping bring back team basketball because it's, it's more than what's in your bag, right? It's more than just individualized scoring. It's they play together, they play the right way, and I'm hoping that's being pushed out as well to see for kids coming up. Jamal, I was saying that just yesterday, Jamal Crawford here on the Rich Eisen Show. I was just saying yesterday that this, because the, the other piece of news that's out there uh, from this week is Kyrie reportedly calling up LeBron saying, let's create a super team with Luka here in Dallas. And, you know, forget about the, you know, the reality of that being uh, able to happen. But my thought was like, you know what? I'm watching some team basketball in these finals here. I'm watching, yes, there's a superstar in Jokic and a budding one in Murray, uh, although his stat lines speak, scream superstar, and obviously Hemi Butler um, and Bam Adebayo is coming into his own. But all that, as you just pointed out, I'm wondering, do you think we, we've, we've passed the super team era in the NBA or we are passing it right now? Jamal? I'm not sure, but you know, like I know, Rich, this is a copycat league, and I'm hoping those two things come out of it. Think about this whole season. We were all saying, who's the second best player for the Nuggets? Do they have one? Is Aaron Gordon the all-star? And the fact that we were kind of trying to figure that out, and these guys are right here, they've been dominant since day one pretty much, and then you have the Heat, who've been two of the last four finals, right, and they're just kind of sneaking, not sneaking in the back door, but they're doing it so quietly with their culture and the way they do things. I'm hoping that that's the copycat part of this. You know what? We can figure it out what we have. We don't need to do all that. We can play good basketball as a team where nobody cares about who's getting the credit, but the team is getting the credit. Because I coach kids, and that's what I try to preach, right? It's not like I coach AAU, and that's one of the more individualized things ever, right? And I'm trying to bring that team aspect. I'm making my kids watch this series in particular to show there's something bigger than just what you bring to the table. So I'm hoping that happens in, in the league, and the copycat part of it is, you know what? We don't need to all form together. Let's stay where we're at and figure it out. Jamal Crawford here uh, from uh, the NBA on TNT, uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, here we are again after a Nuggets win in the finals, basically thinking it's over and the Heat have no shot. But game two did exist. It did happen. We did see it, and they did pull it off. So what now for Miami, in your estimation? Well, co- coming into it, I thought Denver would win this game, and, and I thought Miami would win game four. And I, I believe that because they're not – that great when they're out in front and everybody says how great they are. They love being the underdog. That's kind of been their mantra. They've relied on that. They, they feel comfortable in that space when their backs are against the wall. So I think they'll come out and put on a heck of a performance in game four. But then I just think Denver ends up winning the series ultimately because Denver is a higher level of Miami. They do the same things, but they just 
Denver does it at a higher level. So I think when it all plays out, Denver ends up winning the championship. Okay. So now let's move on to some other uh, um, topics of discussion here. What advice would you give John Moran if you had an avenue to give it to him? Unless you have. I, I don't know. But I'll just throw that out there for you. Yeah, I, I think the word I always look at when things happen is accountability. And I think you have to look in the mirror. And the, always tell there's two people you can't lie to, yourself and God. Right, So I think you have to have one of those meetings with yourself, first and foremost, because you can say the right things and you can do some of the right things, but if your heart's not all the way in it to do those right things, the same things that got you in this position will happen again. Right, So I would start there, and, and then I would look at you know some of the people in your circle, some of the people that you're around, and just get solid advice, get solid things. Like There's so many kids that look up to all of us athletes, right? and especially Jaw right now because he's one of the kids' favorites. But there's a certain responsibility that comes with being in this position, and that's to be upheld at all times. Go back to the kid and, and mentally go back to the kid where you were just dreaming about being in this position, right? And now you're here. We have to do things the right way and take full advantage of it in the right way. Hmm. And I, get, I think we're going to find out something highly disturbing after the finals. I know, I know I'm not going on a, on a very uh... – you know, thin limb here based on what Adam Silver had to say, Jamal. But I'm I'm genuinely concerned. I mean, Stephen A. came on and said it put those in the know are, in the NBA are concerned he's going to be alive in five years. It's more than just, you know, a cautionary tale is what he said right. tonight. Yeah, and, and that, that part there is like, it's, that's, it's, it's so layered, right? It's so deep because it's like, yeah, basketball is one thing, but let's look at the, the off-the-court stuff of, of getting yourself together because – like I said, he's, he, he seems like a really, really good kid from what I know about him, or a young man, I don't want to call him a kid, a really good young man. Yes. And then his last two years happened, right? And I, he was the same person, Rich, when I was in the bubble, and I played, that was my last time, but he was the same guy. Remember people were making complaints, all the food here, the beds. He was like, no, we have food to eat, the beds are fine, I have no complaints, I'm happy to be here. So that guy is there, we just have to bring him back to the forefront. He's already, really? That's that, that. There was some pushback about why are we why are we here, and he was just being a leader about let's let's be fortunate about what we have in this crazy mixed up world. Is that what you were saying? Absolutely, huh. absolutely. Man, I got Jamal Crawford here on the Rich Eisen show, and then next will be the NBA draft, and for me the you know obviously the conversation about Wembanyama and the Spurs and what have you is is going to be of interest, but really it's. It's what happens third overall, who the, who the Hornets are going to take, who, who does that leave on the board for the Blazers, and what does it mean for Damian Lillard's future? What do you think is going to happen with the, the Blazers here? Well, I, I know in Dame, they have to – he's not at a point in his career where he's like, you know what, this is a rebuild. He's just passed that. He's done that, right? Mm-hmm. When he's graduated to now, I'm trying to compete for championships. I want to do it the right way, but you got to get some serious help around me, some veteran guys. So if that's what I believe is a conversation, just me looking from a distance, mm-hmm. I would say maybe that pick is traded. Maybe they bring in somebody who's ready right now, who they all believe can help take them to that next level. Because if I'm a superstar and you know I'm in my 30s, I'm not looking for a rebuild. Yeah, I love, I've done that, I've mentored, I've helped Simons, I've helped all these young guys get from point A to point B. But now, you know, my legacy's on the line, and I put in a lot of time to put myself in this team in position to win championships, and, and that's what I'm trying to do. Well, it strikes me that if the if the Blazers use the pick, then the clock strikes midnight, and my phone 
uh, if I'm a general manager of a team in the NBA, say based in the uh, Northeast Corridor, uh, I am placing phone calls to the Portland Trailblazers on the spot to talk about whatever deals might be in the making uh, immediately. No doubt. No doubt about it. You've shown in that Northeast Corridor that you, you can compete with the highest level, but there's still something missing. And I think what's missing is that, that presence of you know, maturity in the locker room, that presence of know-how that there's a moment of truth in every single game where the game can go from one part to the other, right? And, and I think that's the first place I'm calling if that's what's available for that pick. Where do you think he should go, Jamal, if you were counseling him? If it was his pick and he was a free agent, like the perfect fit for him? Yeah. Could you imagine him in Miami? I think right, he can. He, I think he just said he just said on a podcast recently. You know, I, I don't know if he was referring to he would prefer to live there just because of the the lifestyle <laughs> or no, right. you know, or the tax free part of it. I, yeah. I don't I don't know if that was what he was referring to, but him there, right? Him with Butler, yeah. two man game, that sort of thing. I don't know, right? With Bam, absolutely, absolutely, because Butler especially is one of those guys who is comfortable being Robin throughout games. Don't forget, he was a JUCO guy. Like, he does the dirty work stuff. He's comfortable with, you know, take it over. I'll, I'll fill in when necessary, and if I need to take over, I will. So I think him in Miami or Boston, just eye test looking. If you just dropped him in those two places, I think he would fit best. Last one for you, Jamal. Uh, the best player you ever played with is? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Ritz, are we going, like, in their prime while I played with them or just who they were? Okay, uh, let's go in their prime, and then who they were. So I get two answers okay. from you. I get I got two bites at this apple, Jamal. <laughs> All right. Um, if I play with Penny Hardaway in his prime, I feel like that would have been the best player. Okay. Or Green Hill. Are those two? Like, can they share a spot? Sure. Yeah. Okay. This is sports talk radio, and I'm making up the rules. Why not? It's your, hey, why why can't you? Those two, I think, in their prime would have been the the very best to play with. And the person I play with in his prime, I would say. Hmm. And yeah, Chris love Paul. Chris, Chris Paul. Looks like he's well, going to have his choice. Griffin, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, look, <laughs> looks like he's about to have his choice of where to go. Looks like Phoenix is going to set him uh, loose. That's what it looks yeah. like right now. And, and imagine that, right? Who, who thought that would be the case going forward? But that's a, a Hall of Fame point guard that can fit in a lot of different places if he's not going back to Phoenix, which he doesn't look like he is. But, you know, if he's not, I'm sure his phone will be ringing as well. And what do you think? Do you, do you talk to Juwan in Ann Arbor at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What can you tell me about the state of the program in your estimation then? I, I think he's solid there. I believe, you know, his eyes are only on the Wolverines. Okay. I think, obviously, you know, it wasn't the year this last year okay. that it was the year before, but I feel like they'll get it back. And, and I have a total faith and belief in Juwan and him as a leader, him as a leader of men, young men, and, and as a coach. So I think it'll work out. All he's got to do is just get a recruit there and say, this is Jalen and Jamal's locker, and it's sold, that, right? That's it's all he has to say. You know what? <laughs> it may still the deal for them as well. Thanks for the call, Jamal Crawford. Really appreciate this immensely, and um, I hope this is the first of many times to get to chit-chat with you. 
appreciate Chris, it. I'm a huge fan, and what oh. you said earlier meant the world. So you're a legend, and I really, really appreciate you having me. I mean it. So Thank much. you for those years at Michigan and, and what you're doing right now. It's great to see you. Uh, I, 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 I turn the volume up when you talk, which is always a good thing. You know, Rich, can I thank Jamal for the five Please. years he spent as an L.A. Clipper because he brought me so much joy. And if you ever heard a bunch of goofballs just screaming buckets after every time he scored, that was me and my crew. Did you hear that? I appreciate that. Thank you. That was so much fun to play there. Thank you so much. Did you did you hear TJ scream buckets at you? <laughs> every, I heard buckets a couple times. I, I every time, man. At the moment, but I may have confirmation now. <laughs> Jamal, thanks again. Good luck to your uh, your AAU team, and let's do this more often. Thanks again. Let's, let's do it, Rich. Thank you. Appreciate that, it. You got it. That is Jamal Crawford, everybody. I played 20 years yeah. in the league. 20. One, one of the greatest handles of all time in the NBA. He could shoot too, couldn't he? Buckets. He could do it all. Buckets. That's, that was just every single time, man. All right, let's take a break. Phone calls. Phones are lit. We will take those calls. Also still to come, what's more likely, and the top five destinations for Dalvin Cook and DK Metcalf and the actor Harold Perrineau. That's how we're rolling on this very busy Thursday. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I got to bring this up since we haven't spoken. Uh, the cart, you know, the cart, what I'm talking about, the cart, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. My cart. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what happened? Did you go up to the cart and ask for a ride to, to take no, care of your business? Nah. Or like, what happened? What happened? I would never that? ask for a ride to the locker room. But, okay. Well, no. What happened? People, people never ask for money, too. But when, when you present it to me, I'm not going to say no to it. So I came off the field. Yeah. Um, I had come off the, the field uh, like two plays three plays before that. Yes. And I told my coach, like, hey, I got to take a number two. Like, it's not looking good. 
and then we got a first down and got close to the red zone. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll hold it. So yes. we end up scoring, and I come back to the sideline, yes. and the trainer and the head trainer and the head equipment guy was like, hey, there's a cart down there ready to take you into the locker room to go to the bathroom because we're playing in Detroit, and it is a hike from the locker room to the field, and plus we're on the other side. So I was like, you know what, you can't miss an opportunity like this. So, you know, up the tunnel I went. And the rest is history. <laughs> I love, just, just know I left my mark in Detroit. <laughs> DK, you gave a scare to everybody who loves you and roots for you. I mean, you know, seeing you carded, we're like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then what a relief, you know, right. to, to use another analogy. Uh as well. I mean, did you have people after the game saying, what the hell did you do that for? Just walk Everybody after the game was like, bro, don't scare us like that. I'm like, I was not, I wasn't worried, so y'all shouldn't be worried, but I I watched the video and I wasn't smiling on the way to the locker room, so that's probably why everybody was, was a little worried. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we saw the tweet. You're like, the, that clinch walk wouldn't have made it. That's what nah. you, that's what you tweeted. <laughs> and we were wearing white that game. So it definitely <laughs> Oh, man, the the latest appearance of DK Metcalf coming up in Hour 3. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio (laughs) Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. All Rise, Terzo in Iowa is here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you been, Terzo? What's going on? Oh, doing well, Rich. I'm a little fired up. So much to talk about, man, between the live tour... NBA and a little bit with John Morant. I was uh I was sitting there last night painting some of my miniatures for D and D, listening to the NBA countdown when uh, Stephen A was talking to the commissioner, and it just reminded me of uh, Stephen A's appearance on your show last week, talking about John whether or not he's going to be alive in five years. And this is where I kind of this is where I've been kind of uh, taking that really to heart because Stephen A Stephen A isn't wrong. You know he puts himself in these positions. And he's out there acting, and whether it's the new allegations, a toy gun or whatever, there's people out there that don't play and that will snatch anything from you. And that's just what scares me so much about John and why I just hope that the NBA doesn't just suspend him indefinitely but put some things in place so they can help this young man. Because yeah. I don't want to see him taken away from us. No, I, but but there is a consequence or whatever we're going to be learning. Um, and, you know, Terzo, I appreciate you always bringing – your A game and your passion to this program. That's Terzo and I are right here. Um, let's go to Gene in Florida back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Gene? Hey, how you doing, Rich? What's uh, going on? Listening to your show and this, I was uh, actually uh, had Spectrum out here and unhooked my uh, internet. I was having problems with when you said uh, Live Golf is merging with the PGA. I couldn't believe. Me neither. So anyway, like, I watched it later, but uh, I appreciate your uh, giving me some updates. I'm a golf fan. from I'm 54 from way back, from before Tiger Woods. And yeah. uh, I really like the Live Golf product, but I can tell you that Brandel Chambly is probably the biggest critic of Live Golf, uh, probably more so than Rory McIlroy. Uh, he hates him. So I just would like to see maybe if you could get somebody that's maybe a Live Golf supporter on the show no problem to be a little player, not a, a problem I, I i'm fascinated by what the future of live golf is going to be and I'm, I'm happy to have somebody come on and and talk about that and 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 talk I, about I'll obviously 
Say it again. I'll give you a hint. Uh, I know I've listened to this guy, Steve Elkington, is very neutral. And he gives a very honest opinion, not really for Liv or against Liv. But I'd really like to see a Liv supporter because I know Bryson Chambly is, just to be fair to your listeners, I'm an everyday listener, because that really, that left a bad taste in my mouth listening to him. All he does is bash. And I think really the bad guy here is the PGA. I mean, they're the ones that are really backtracking kind of copy and live no i know that but gene his point and and this is what i have heard by so many people that i have you know i've reached out to for some help and understanding what's going on here so i have half a clue at least coming on the air right is that um is that the pga tour had the the zone got flooded with money that they could not compete with they couldn't compete with it in terms of the litigation they couldn't compete with it in terms of sponsors that the sponsors that they keep turning to saying, we need more money, we need more money, they're like, there's no more money in the banana stand here, we're out. So in order yeah. to, they couldn't, in order to compete with the amount of money that the, the zone had been flooded to try and keep some of the players from from defecting, that the answer was, let's go and talk to them because they don't want the lawsuit either. They don't want to be deposed. They don't want to be asked questions. Their ratings are, are in the toilet. They need our uh, our platform, uh, let's talk. And they did. And so, you know, that's why Brandel said what he said. And then in terms of what golf is all about in his mind, because he's been part of it and he's been in meetings about the charitable aspects and things of that nature. And you may, you know, people may turn their nose down at that saying it's really all about money. You're talking about charity that uh, that the other entity that that just joined uh, isn't as about it as as the PGA Tour that he helped build. So that's perhaps why uh, he may be feeling that way. But I appreciate the call, Gene, and call back. And we'll uh, reach out to Steve Elkington, see if he wants to come on. Um, l- let's talk about a little bit of a palate cleanser here before we get into the Dalvin Cook news. This kid playing baseball. Yeah, buddy. In Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. His name is Ellie Dela Cruz. He's from the Dominican Republic. He is 21 years old. He is six foot five and he runs like the wind. Like the wind. <laughs> you know that what's the name of that guy that 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 uh, dude that that's looks like the gimp from um uh, from pulp fiction who runs in the outfield in oh. Atlanta, races fans. Oh the freeze. The freeze. <laughs> he runs like the freeze. <laughs> Ellie Dela Cruz runs like the freeze. I'm serious. He does. Uh, uh, and 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 he doesn't hit singles. He goes for extra bases, and he is an incredible watch. Oh yeah, he is an incredible watch. You must stop what you are doing when this twenty-one-year-old young man steps to the plate, because ball go far, and then if ball stays in yard, he goes far, and you never know when he's going to stop running. It is he is. A revelation. I, I love it. I love watching him. Me too. And and I'm in a crazy fantasy baseball league. Did you get him? Because Coop and I picked him up. I picked him up a month ago. Wow. Because Coop got him last week. Because I, you know, I've been following. Because he's climbing up the MLB pipeline prospect numbers. He's number one. He became number one on ESPN a few weeks ago. If you've been watching any of his minor league clips, just. 116, 118 exit velo, 450 yard home run, uh, 450 feet home runs uh, with ease. He had his first ever home run last night, 458 feet. 
And and the the call, the call did, here we got we got res- it oh we got we it. got Great. it Let's John Sadak is the announcer incredible and uh, and and. He, it was laugh out loud funny. It was it was great because this is the only reaction you can have as the baseball almost left the stadium. It landed in the last row. Here's the call. Anticipation to see what. Oh goodness! <laughs> that ball had a family. <laughs> in game two, his first home run. A two-run bomb. Now, Coop, uh, my 12-year-old, who watches highlights, MLB highlights on the MLB app nonstop. Um, and he loves, he just, he loves announcers. He loves home runs. He loves watching videos. He says to me, what does he mean by that ball had a family? <laughs> Good question. And I explained to him. How did you explain I, I explained this? it to him. Like, let's just say if something, you know, if I, you know, hurt myself and I'm like, you know, you know, help me out here. I've got a family. Right. You know, and he goes, oh, I get it. I'm like, yeah, that ball got hurt. Hurt real bad. And that ball had a family. What's awesome is the kid who got the ball, uh, a high school kid, Alex French, gave it back to him. He's like, I just wanted him to have it. I wanted to do the right thing. Dude. Pretty cool. Well, Alex, doing the right thing would have been able for you to secure your future a little bit. Well, I'm, sure, nice I'm sure the Reds will. I'm sure the Reds hooked it up. He might have got five figures. I there. mean, not not you know, uh, make him whole like the PGA Tour is going to make. Not going to get nine figures, but he yeah, might have got four Rory or five. and Tiger. But uh, no, no, no. I, mean, I, I, I just it was it's great. Uh, baseball, obviously, having this kid play in Cincinnati yep. for the Reds, and I, uh, I, I'm. I'm very excited to see what happens here. It's, he's play- he's a mu- he is must-see. You must check out his highlights. You must yeah. see what I mean. He already has a, a, a hit and a stolen base today. today. Yes, and was, his hit was an infield single. He was going 31 feet per second to first base. I'm telling you. Okay? I'm telling you. This Ties you his own see. record for the fastest by any red player this year. He's played three games. He, it's, it's great. It's, it's awesome. It is great for yeah. baseball. Great. It is great for the sport. It is great for the Reds and all the diehard fans, Red fans of the yeah, Reds absolutely. in Cincinnati. Uh, and if it wasn't for him, we'd be talking about Joe Burrow's home run swing, which went viral. He four I know, he hit bombs. Yesterday. Those, those balls also had families. <laughs> what can this I know. guy do? Wow. That was great. I, I, I'm, and I'm thrilled to talk about it. Uh, it's great. Chris, when I first got, saw Ellie, O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz. That's O'Neill the first Cruz thing in that Pittsburgh. popped into my head. Oh, they're like the like, same. He's bigger than O'Neill Cruz. He's bigger, and he might have more no, power. O'Neill Cruz is like two inches taller. Than but he might have more power oh, than O'Neill yeah. Cruz. O'Neill Cruz is, is big. Which is wild. It's great. And they both hit from the left side. Great. He plays Let's third go. base in the minors. He, he had Let's a throw go. to first base that was 99 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you might close for him. I know. Right? If Otani can hit and pitch, it's hit and start. Maybe this kid can hit and close. Hunter Green starts throwing 101, and this kid comes in and closes at 99. Yeah, off speed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez, fun. Fun. Baseball's in a fun spot right fun now. Fun spot. Yeah. Except fun for when stuff. the Braves throw at your, you know, your best player and well, almost hey, break look, his wrist. I mean, well, I don't want to defend the Braves here, but you started it. How so? Talk, oh. Talking smack in the dugout. Oh, come on. So let's uh, let's uh, moving moving on. Not to go all full <laughs> Brian Gumbel on you. Moving on. Um, so. Here's a scoop with the Dalvin Cook news. A 27-year-old running back in his prime, four straight 
1,000-yard seasons. 52 touchdowns is getting released because the Vikings don't want to pay him $11 million for a running back. And I just don't understand it. And I, I don't have the books in front of me. Tom Pelissero told us in the last hour that the Vikings need to pay Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. At some point, they're going to, you know, it appears move on from Kirk Cousins, but I'd imagine it would be a young quarterback. I I, I don't have, I, I'm not a capologist. I don't play one on TV. I don't have the Vikings books in front of me. But I, for the life of me, I just do not understand why a running back is devalued to the point where, yeah, we're cutting costs with you. And I'm sure Alexander Madison can run. We've seen him run. Everybody's picked him up in their in your fantasy league or had he's been a waiver wire darling every single time Dalvin Cook goes out with a shoulder injury that Tom Pelissero said has apparently been finally fixed by surgery. So Cook is healthier than ever, and now he's going to be running with a chip on his shoulder. And I just don't get it. I don't understand why this is the hill on which general managers and NFL front offices and capologists will potentially die on. Because I'm sure Madison can, you know, have a season, but can he run for 1,000 yards? Sure, I'm sure, maybe. 52 touchdowns over four seasons? Pro Bowl? Consistency? I guess we're going to find out. So my thought is two things. One, I don't get the devaluation of the running back position. Christian McCaffrey was on this program recently, and I asked him. It was great because he's the, I think he's the same age as Cook, right? He yeah, 27? Uh, actually, McCaffrey just had a birthday this week. Right, 27, and Zeke is 27. <laughs> now, McCaffrey's been pizzayed, and there's no question he's going to be playing for the 49ers this year and for a few years to come as long as he remains healthy. And he said he's never been asked this question about why is the running back position devalued and what does he say to people who think that way in the NFL and the NFL media? This was his answer. Somewhere along the line, you know, the running back position has been undervalued, in my opinion, for what they're asked to do. And I think there's a lot of guys that are afraid to speak up about that, but, you know, for multiple reasons. But, um, you know, I don't know when the value of a yard got diminished. And, you know, I'm, I'm for everybody getting paid. I love when guys, you know, earn money and, and are able to feed, feed their families and have, you know, life-changing, generational-changing money. That's, it's such a, such a special thing because we all work really hard. And um, it's fun, man. It's a blessing. It really is. And so when I look at what, you know, receivers make and slot receivers make around the league, and then you look at what running backs make, you know, we're, we're, we're at the bottom of the list. And, and you know, you got backs – who had 2,000-yard seasons. You've had backs who've had 750 to 800 yards receiving. And, you know, a lot of people use the injury argument, but, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily valid when you look at some of the receivers who have been hurt who still get big contracts. And so I understand we touch the ball the most, but in my opinion, I think we create a lot of value in doing so as well. Most is going to be the latest example of seeing it. Alexander Madison, you're up. You're up, and we'll see where Dalvin goes next, but that's my first thought is I don't understand the devaluation of the running back position. The Vikings, in my mind, are not a better team the minute they release Dalvin Cook. And in the NFC North, guess who's up 
guess who's on the clock? Hey, Detroit Lions, this is it. Rodgers is gone. The Vikings are having one of those, we're not retooling. We're a competitive retooler. Mm -hmm. The Bears are who we think they are, which is a team that is on the rise, but not yet ready to just break out and win the division. You know who is? The Detroit Lions, and I'm not stuttering. And you know who thinks that? The scheduling makers who put the Lions in Kansas City for the whole country to feast on the first piece of filet mignon of the NFL season. The Lions, this is it. I mean, if you told the Lions last year when they bounced Aaron Rodgers, not only did you bounce Rodgers in playoff this year, you've ended his Packers career. He gone. (laughs) Not only that, but the Vikings are going to release Dalvin Cook kick the tires on a bunch of quarterbacks in the draft, not draft one. And you just finished the season the way you just did. They'll be like, in. Hey, Detroit. It just keeps getting better for you as the summer moves along. And then the question is, is where does he go from here? You ready for it? I need NFL Films music. These are my top five Dalvin destinations. Let's go. Number five on the list. They got a new offensive coordinator. They got uh, a guy who wears a big hat (laughs) to go along with his big game in his rookie season last year that we didn't see a full season out of Ryan Robinson Jr. How about a little Dalvin Cook in Washington, D.C. for Eric Bieniemy to figure out how to use. How about that? You want to help Sam Howell, who already has some speedy receivers? You already got McLaurin and Samuel and the rest. How about adding Dalvin Cook to that mix to see how that can cook and put the Washington Commanders in the position if this kid quarterback can perform as one of those overlooked teams going into the season, a sleeper team. But that's what you do for a young quarterback. You want to evaluate him, you get him the weapons. Let's go. That's an interesting destination for me. Number four on this list. I don't know if they got the cat room. They're also, as we know, retooling, but don't call it a retool because they've got some terrific players out here. Dalvin Cook would look good in a Rams uniform. I think McVay, I mean, you got Cam Akers and then a whole bunch of guys that you got to look up who they are. And Dalvin Cook here in Los Angeles. Let's go. So if you got Stafford and Cook and Cup, you need a Cook to go with your Cup. Why not? Again. That was kind of my first thought. I don't know. Why not the Rams here? Number three on this list, who says you can't have – or who says – hold on. Who says you you can't have too many Cooks in the kitchen? You got James and Dalvin. How about brotherly love in Buffalo – New York, Western New York. That's a, that's a good, now, good idea. Now, they, they, just, they just, you know, spent a ton of money on Leonard Floyd. And, you know, they got Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. And I just don't know. This could be James's time and they don't want to. I don't know. But I, if Dalvin and James want to play together, there's a, here's your chance. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Let's see how that one works out. And so, number two on this list 
the Denver Broncos. Let's see if Cook can be the Camara in the Sean Payton Denver system. Let's ride. Let's see if Cook can play that role. Because they got, you know, Javante Williams coming back from a knee injury. And, you know, I think Dalvin Cook in the AFC West up in Denver let Russ cook. Right. So easy. Oh, it's so easy. Let right. Russ cook. Right. Let's ride. Right there. I'm right. Broncos country <laughs> meets go. let Russ cook. Let's cook and ride. Come, come on, okay. cook and ride. Cook and ladder. Run the cook oh, and ladder. And oh, my God. All of the puns are great. I'm so here for all of it. <laughs> I'm here for all of it. Now, number one on the list is, uh, is what everybody thinks. Bins up. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Now... Mike, turn down the music here because this is the soundbite of the day. This is going to be the soundbite of the month. The way it reads, it just jumped off the page when I read the email from the outstanding NFL Network news desk. This is Mike McDaniel on being asked if Dalvin Cook, if he is released, would the Dolphins be interested? Here's the answer. March 3rd, 1983. Uh, that day I was born, right? <laughs> now we take a closer look at that date, and that in fact was not yesterday. Okay, so um, uh, people that are on people that are rumored to be um, tall, short people that are rumored to be, um, you know, that's you're not you're not going to get this guy. I'm year two. Okay, so. Um, that what I am excited about is talking about the most important thing, which is the third day of veteran minicamp. And we've got a lot of guys that are good players that have an opportunity to get better. Answer your question? <laughs> He's fantastic. Wow. Now, my only pushback there to Mike McDaniel, you could bring the music up one more time here, would be... This was the opportunity for him to use the coaching cliche so that many we gave him, cliches, which is, yeah. I'm only talking about the guys that are here. And I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know what our roster is He could have used them like. all. It is what it is. He, he could really have really just right done just like line. we taught him yeah. to do, but he just only knows one speed, which was that answer. Yeah. And he did talk about how he, lo- you know, he loves Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and... Uh, you know, uh, Gaskin, Ahmed, they're all there, and they've got rookies. But Dalvin in Miami, kid back in the state of Florida, it just seems like the perfect marriage. Big time. Do you think we need one more? Nope. All right, we'll get one more. All right, and here's one more. I don't know how long Cook is going to be out there, but if he does go all the way through the month of July and somehow, some way, Alvin Kamara and whatever is going on with him in Las Vegas gets particularly hairy. And the Saints are wondering, do we have a spot open? Maybe Dalvin in New Orleans is a spot. But I would keep that in your back pocket, in the back of your mind, depending on how long this lasts. And that's my top five with one more Dalvin Cook destinations here on The Rich Eisen Show. And see.
We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show on this Thursday, which is not the day after Mike McDaniel was born. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So after talking about Ellie Dela Cruz, he steps to the plate during the commercial break against Clayton Kershaw and strikes out. <laughs> With some Clayton, filthy breaking stuff. Clayton Kershaw's <laughs> Clayton's is, is like, okay, kid, I know you already got on base, stole the base on me, but guess what? Uh, here is a Hall of Fame slider down and in yeah. to a right-handed hitter. See ya. Try to Thanks touch, for playing. Try to touch these. <laughs> I have a nice pricing game for you coming up later. Yeah, Dodgers are cruising. Well, they, I guess how many times are the Reds going to walk off on them is, there, is the question. That one yesterday was wild. Will yeah. Benson's first ever home run is a walk-off. <laughs> By the way, how about, um, you know, the – the uh, can we – Kate Dodger uh, – uh, the Dodgers are owned by very rich people. Can, <laughs> can we get a bullpen door that can handle somebody at 280 pounds coming at you? Can we do that? Can we do that? I mean, it's by not- the way, he apparently Judge knocked the door off its screws and hinges. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and he wound up hurting his foot. He's on the injured list now. Should have let it drop. That sucks. Should have let it drop. JD Martinez, that way he saved a run. He, oh yeah, that was that kind of ignited would have ignited a Dodger rally. In I know that it was, it, and yeah. they almost still damn had one. Yeah. Damn near had one. It's funny. Did but, you see the door the next day? It looked like they had blue duct tape on it. Well, I know because they had to, they, you know, <laughs> they had to reinforce it. it. Yeah, had, I know. They, well, they put padding. Obviously, it's never happened before. So ever they put padding on the that little four inch step there. Yeah, the, now, you mean and, the one that, that Judge hurt his foot on? Yeah. Well, stop trying so hard. <laughs> oh, this guy over there. <laughs> this guy over there. Yeah, well, the Yankees hopefully the hopefully Yankees <laughs> will get back on their winning ways <laughs> if if you know the hellscape <laughs> in the Northeast actually blows over. Jeez, are they going to play today? Uh, they have a double header. Are they playing right now? Or are they delaying it? I don't know. What the hell's going on? Hell going on? <sighs> back here on the Rich Eisen Show eight four four two zero four Rich number to dial. DK Metcalf's going to join us here on this program. Here's what we're going to do, Chris. We're going to do DK Metcalf, Harold Parano, and then we're going to go out the door a little what's more likely here on Out the Thursday. door what's more likely? Yeah, okay. out the door what's more likely. Out the door. Is that a problem? <laughs> like Aaron Judge out the door? No. Hey. Good one. Brockman doesn't want to do that. Good one. Now, you guys are supposed to uh, get underway in about two and a half hours, Rich. Oh. You got back-to-back. It's uh, 405 Pacific, and then, uh, four, 4 or 5 Eastern, and then 710 Eastern. Yeah. Okay. Back, quick back-to-backs. Sounds good. 
Good luck. <laughs> you don't really mean it. I don't. I hope you lose every game. Jake in Chicago, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take your phone call. What's up, Jake? Rich, TJ, Brockman. How are you guys? Jake, oh, I'm in. Pay no mind list. Yeah, what, 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 why is Del Tufo on the pay no mind list? What was that? He probably didn't know he was here. Didn't know he was paying attention. <laughs> oh, yes. You know what? I can Wait. hang you up really Someone quick. Someone watches the show. I'm really paying attention now. Jake is a regular. Nice on the show, Jake. I'm Way to go, Jake. What a recovery. What a recovery. <laughs> oh. Um. Well, uh, I just wanted to call. I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've got a little uh, detente and then a what's more likely for you guys. Um. It's a, uh, you know, Chicago Bears fan, long time, in some very, very painful moments. Um, and, uh, you know, the the four-letter word of this offseason is hope, not the other one that it normally is. <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, we're going into an NFC conference that has a lot of balls in the air, um, a lot of young pups who are coming in, weapons within our conference, um, some quarterbacks who are emerging. Um, you know, we'll see if the golf offense stays on track. The golf offense. Um, and uh, it's really exciting time to be a Bears fan and somebody in the NFC because there's so many shakeups, and there's only about two chairs that are taken for, uh, you know, the playoffs yeah. before the season starts. What, you're talking Eagles and Niners and the rest is up in the air is what you're saying? That's pretty that's pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's there's definitely a lot of variance that we're going to see here. Okay, okay. Um, between, you know, um, the Vikings were had 11 games where they had only won by one score. Okay, now, um, here's, a de- here's a deal, Jake. If you, if you don't mind me just jumping in here, before please, you give me your what's please. more likely, you've now alienated Del Tufo by uh, rightfully accusing him of having a lack of focus <laughs> and uh, saying that the Cowboys don't have a chair already. Uh, so TJ is shaking his head right now. Uh, you well, can't see it. TJ, you know, um, the NFC East is probably – you know, one of the more exciting ones to see who's going to be sneaking in to other teams coming into the wild card, perhaps um, with uh, or maybe three teams from your division in total can go to the playoffs. So I'm no hater here okay. on any of your teams, um, except, you know, a little distaste for having to watch the Patriots those many years. But it's it's a new time. So you what's, what's your what's more likely, Jake? Um, I was wondering what's more likely uh, if there is three teams from the NFC North who end up squeezing into the playoffs or the NFC North team that wins the division and makes it is below 500. Oh. I'm going to do what Rich does and say neither. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the, the, the team that wins that division is going to be above 500, but I also don't think three teams in there is... Thanks for the call, Jake. I appreciate Thanks, it. Jake. I don't think three teams are making it. Seems like the Bears are a few years away. It's definitely in the Lions division. Hey, um, and I let me just throw you ten and seven feels about right for the winner of that. I'm going to throw a couple people a freaking bone to use the <laughs> phrase. I'll throw one in your direction. I think Dallas is definitely a playoff team. Come on, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Let's keep it real. I, I, I'm keeping it real, <laughs> big time. <laughs> Dallas is a playoff team. I believe so. And um, so so are the Seahawks. And I'm not just saying that because DK Metcalf is about to join us. That's the other one I'm throwing in. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say Come on they now. won't. You know what I want to hear from DK? Bobby Wagner is back in the building. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That's a big factor. All right. Last year, they did what they did last year, trying to fumble for the, you know, 
light switch with Gino and, and Gino flipped it on literally from the from jump and then creating their own identity. But you know what? A little bit of the old school identity with this young team as they're coming up together. I know Gino's not a young buck, but he, he he's he's not an old long in the tooth guy. Having Bobby Wagner back there, I think, is significant. And the running game is really good. That kid Charbonnet they drafted, along with Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker, is going to hit you in the mouth repeatedly. True. And Jackson mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba being added to this mix with DK and Lockett. And that line getting better, growing together, and Pete just being the gum chomper to get it all wound up. But you have to expect a regression to the genome. No, 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 you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. Brady Anderson only hit 50 home runs once. <laughs> There's a reason why Brady hit 50 yeah, in the first place, and that's with. not why Gino had a great year last year. DK coming up. I'm just saying good years come out of nowhere, and then we never see them again. That's my point. I will say it is more likely that Seahawks are similar to last year than a regression. And you say it's more likely that they regress. It's, it's more likely that, you know, they were kind of a, it was an out-of-nowhere season last year, and they missed the playoffs They're this absolutely, year. The, you know, at the top of that division, right? Absolutely at the top? They're absolutely in the top half of that division. Because I know how you feel about the Rams. Yeah, I don't think the Rams are I think it's more likely good. that the West gets three teams in than the North. How about that? What's more likely? Three teams come from the North or three teams come from the West? It's more and likely it comes from the West. Correct. But you're expecting big things out of the Rams. You're, a lot of guys or bouncing bigger, back. bigger. Enough for them to get a seven seed, which, as you know, is right around 500 sometimes. Yeah, 10 wins out of the Rams I think would be a big shock. Nine. Nine and eight. Mm, maybe. Stafford Cup. You're just Donald, assuming those guys are going to be healthy. Yeah, I, I am assuming that. And then Dalvin Cook. Here we go. I just want them to be better enough where you're not going to sell your tickets. That's all. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. Well, there's some big, there's some good road teams that we're, we oh, can make some money on. My you're offensive. You're offending me now. <laughs> uh, all right. DK Metcalf's about to join. And then Harold Perrineau here in studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun in hour number three. And eight, and then what's more likely going out the door? And then maybe one more at-bat from Ellie Dela Cruz to tell you about. 